and welcome to the What the Jazz Junction podcast. I'm Chris. And today I'm chatting with Georgina Jackson. So, time to blow, glow and praise the jazz gods on high. Hello, hello, hello and welcome to episode 4 of series 5 of the Watford Jazz Junction podcast. And welcome to you wherever you are. And if you're a first-time listener, you're of course most welcome. But it's great to have everyone on board the Watford Junction Jazz Train. Toot toot! Now don't forget to visit watfordjazzjunction.com and find the magical link to hear our fantastic live and free video by the Emma Smith Quartet recorded here in sunny Watford and the only place where you can book tickets to see our live jazz in Watford with Chrissingham Quartet in October and Tony Kofi Quintet in the new year. Now today, I must say, I am very pleased to be in conversation with an awesome jazz musician, a performer and trumpeter, a bopping big band singer and leader too, and she can only live in places beginning with W. It's Wigan departed and now Watford resident, the astonishingly wonderful and talented Georgina Jackson. Georgina, hello, how are you? Hello, Chris, I'm very well, thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah. Now, I made reference there to uh, you being a resident of of these here climbs. How long have you been a a Watford woman? I am a Watford woman and uh, I've been here for around about 15 years now. So you can tell from the accent, can't you, that I'm a, a local through and through. Yeah, <laughs> proper proper local. No, I think we're about the same time in Watford, you and me. Okay. Um, but you you were in Wigan before then? Yeah, I was uh, brought up in Wigan. Then I moved to Manchester to go to university and worked all around the northwest and then decided to come down to London. It, it, and Watford seemed to be the place that most people who were musicians up north came to Watford. It seemed to be the last stop on the M1. So everyone everyone kind of came here and it was a, a lovely scene. Everyone's spread out into home counties now. But uh, Watford was my first little toe into the London scene, really. Yeah. Love it. Well, to coin a, another Wigan resident's, uh, one of his favourite phrases, Dean Masser, the, um, he, he, <laughs> he likes to say... Um, uh, you know, a well-known jazz epicenter. I mean, Watford itself is, a, is now a well-known jazz epicenter in its own right. Um, so you grew up in Wigan. Um, did you start playing the trumpet, or, or what was your what was your I grew starter? Up in Wig- yeah, I grew up in Wigan, and just one day I was in a maths lesson at school. I was about eight years old. Really hated maths, and someone came through the door and said, "Does anybody want to play the trumpet?" Well, I'd have done anything but do my maths lesson, to be honest. So I just put my hand up. And they, um, they, said, <laughs> they said, does anybody have a trumpet at home? And I remember on the mantelpiece, there was this kind of battered old bugle, this brown brass thing. And I must have explored it and picked it up a few times. And I thought, oh, well, we've got a trumpet at home. Here we go. So um, they said, oh, OK, come with us and, and try out the trumpet. And, and, uh, and I blew it. And the teacher said, well, you sounded the least horrible out of everybody. So... Uh, <laughs> So uh, if you've got a trumpet at home, why don't you bring it in next week? So I brought this battered old bugle in thinking that this was going to be okay. And um, and it wasn't. But luckily enough, Wigan Music Service had an amazing, amazing thing at that time where we could get free lessons and we could take home free instruments as well. So I, I got my little cornet in my blue box and I took that home and I was very proud. Yeah. Proper. 
Yeah. And then you obviously got, got quite good at it, I guess, because you then, as you said, you went to Manchester. Is that right? Yeah, I, I, um, I joined the Wigan uh, Youth Jazz Orchestra, which was a, an amazing thing around that time. And it was something that I always wanted to do. I'd go and watch the concerts. And I really coveted the uniforms they had. They had shell suits and they went away abroad. They did concerts. And it, was, it was so amazing to see them all. And I just wanted to be in that band so much. So uh, eventually when I was about... 13 I got to be in the band and we toured yeah. America and we did all kinds of incredible things guest artists and things and it really spurred me on to want to do that this is the value of um, free music education and, and these music programs because we were just so lucky a little town like Wigan that often gets you know taken the mick out of because it's a mining town and it's it's a very working class town and but we had an incredible uh, music program there that's fantastic. Mm. So did you study music at uni then or, well, or college? Well, yes, I kind of did. I mean, when I was 18 after my A-levels, I got my p- first professional um, gig with the Andy Pryor Orchestra. And Andy Pryor had... Oh, nice. Yeah, I know. I was really lucky. Andy Pryor, you've probably heard of him if you know yeah. Dean. Yeah. He had an amazing big band. And at the time, he was doing a residency at the Tower Ballroom, Blackpool Tower Ballroom, which is now famous for the Strictly Come Dancing thing, isn't it? And uh, and at 18 years old, I remember, just finished my economics A-level. And, uh, and I started the gig there six nights a week, three sets, three 45-minute sets a night playing for dancing. And that was for five months of the year. Wow, that'll mm. sort you out. That's very Beatles-esque. I mean, that's a deep dive at 18. That would get your chops going, won't you? You're absolutely right. It really was good for the chops. Four, three, four to five minutes a night playing band dances and, and, and foxtrot medleys. And it was with a full big band. You can't you can't believe it was happening, really. And that was amazing because I got to sit next to some incredible players night after night and really listen and really make mistakes and, and learn from people. And, um, and so that was a great, great starting point. So I was kind of playing professionally from 18 and I didn't really know what I wanted to do at college. I signed up for many yeah. courses and then I ended up doing a kind of music, music degree, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, um, and presumably from that point forward, your love of big bands was cemented, right? Why Joe and then Andy Pryor? Absolutely. Job done. It, and I just thought that, that was what I was going to do for the rest of my life because there was a lot of big band work there in the, in the 90s. I mean, people in the 90s weren't thinking there was a lot of big band work because everyone always looks back, don't they? And it, you know. yeah. But, uh, you know, I, that's all I ever did. I played in big bands night after night, really. Um, at the Andy Pryor Orchestra then went on to do tours for about six years where we did something like 150 gigs a year, you know. So many gigs. Um so big bands, that was it. Absolute joy and passion. That's all I wanted to do. Um, yeah. For for listeners, Georgina looks very elegant, dressed in black. But I'm just to say, we're all very disappointed that you're not still sporting a, uh, a Wigan Youth Jazz Orchestra shell suit. <laughs> uh, although who's to say you don't have one hidden away I somewhere? I probably have. Yes, I probably <laughs> have. <laughs> so I was noting um, from your CV um, that you've worked with a Sinatra or two and Seal. Um, mm. So it hasn't always been jazz that's influenced you have you sort of kept a, a sort of wide wide range of things for the for the years or is it always jazz that, that that sort of brings you home i mean the thing is you know as a musician work is work and, and whoever phones you and when you've got free time and and they pay you then then you go and do it and i've been incredibly lucky not saying that you know i've incredibly lucky I had amazing time working with seal um 
but I, I actually do like all kinds of music, really. I do like all yeah. kinds of music. My Spotify playlist has got many different things on. And I think for me, I, I just like music that's got a, a good feeling about it. It's got a bit of a groove about it. And uh, all the lyrics are great, but a range of music, really. I don't think there's been one gig. And we, oh, yeah, I did play with Nancy Sinatra. And that was... Um, <coughs> Name drop. Ah, <laughs> no. Well, it was incredible because... Uh, I'm a huge Frank Sinatra fan. I mean, he's my absolute idol. I listen to Frank Sinatra every day. He's just the person. He's just amazing. Like everything of everything, I, I just love Frank Sinatra. Everything about him and the bands. And um, doing the gig with Nancy Sinatra, she decided to do a duet with um, her dad. Um, what's it called? That tune's gone right out of my head. Da, 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 da. Something stupid. And um, it was the first time she'd done it. And then over the speakers at the Bridgewater Hall came Frank Sinatra's voice. And and then her singing with And it was just, yeah, everyone was in tears. It was amazing to be part of that. And she, she was a really lovely woman, really lovely. The, um, I was actually interested in your Spotify list all of a sudden. The, I was just thinking, if you, is you know, not as even as a musician, I think as a person, if you withdraw music, it can have a real impact on your, your mental wellness and you know especially if that's your bag but I was thinking actually the variety of the music you listen to as well if you didn't have that variety would that affect you know your outlook day to day if you know if you only had to listen to one type of music say yeah I think so because I think music can it can either enhance your mood or it can change your mood or it can you know if you really want to feel something I mean sometimes you want to feel sad you want to have a bit of a wallow in sadness so you could you know or sometimes you want to be lifted up yeah, I mean, for many of the Watford Jazz Junction podcast listeners, they're very happy most of the time, mm. but they need to get that counterbalance, and they often tune in um, just to, just to bring them <laughs> to bring, bring them, them back down, down a bit. How we jade? Yeah, we all need bring it down a bit. Yeah, but you know, it is nice, and 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 being a musician, you have to play lots of different styles of music. So not only you know you enjoy listening to it, but you have to play different styles of music, and the way you play different styles of music, um, you know, you you need to have heard them because the way you would play a phrase in in a in a jazz way or in a swing way or in a pop way. Um, mm. it's, it's very different so you need to as a musician you need to kind of soak all these different things up really which I, I yeah. need to do more of yeah hey well, <laughs> and then what just thinking about Andy Pryor because I know it's an excellent band what what for you makes the difference between a good big band and a great big band What what is it that happens yeah that's a really interesting question and some people think um, that a big band has to be made up of stars in every individual person in the big band has got to be an absolute star in their own right um, I just believe that a big band should be people who've got the same goal um, who've got the same kind of feel, how they want it to sound and for me that's all about time that's all about where people feel the time and, and the kind of music they've listened to and um, so yeah, I think the difference between a great big band and uh, a good big band is I think a great big band plays as a team and listens to each other. And I think yeah. sometimes um, bands that aren't like that, uh, individuals are you know, not not working together as much, but a band that plays as a team with one kind of goal and one, and one sound, then I think that makes a great big band. Yeah, I, re I reckon musically, <clears throat> it's probably the closest you get to, um, I like an analogy, right? But I reckon <laughs> a big band with the leader is, is the closest you get to with a football team and a good manager. Yes. And, you know, what you're saying, I mean, 
there there are stars, but if a star doesn't fit into a team, it, it's pointless, right? Because you all need to to play together, right? Yeah, and everyone needs to know kind of their role, so to speak, really. Um, so, you know, you do have your stars, you do have lead trumpet players and people that get a lot of features and things, but you need those people underneath who don't particularly want to be the stars. They just want to be there to, to support. I don't know what the equivalent is in football, but the people who, <laughs> the people who kick it to the other people who get it in the goal, you know what I mean? I don't suppose you, you couldn't have a full team of David Beckhams that shows how out of date I am. Or <laughs> Luis Suarez. I don't know you could have a, an entire football team of those people. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, you just need people who are going to be there to, to support what's going on around it as well. But I guess you could probably sort of guess the sort of where I'm going. My next question is then, as a leader, which which you are of of big bands, that puts you on page there with the manager. But you're like a player manager at that point, and there, you know, that's a notoriously hard thing to pull off in football. Do you find that's a a, a problem for you, or does it sort of garner respect from the people you play with that you're also playing in the band as well as sort of leading it and, and out from? Is there yeah. must be some pretty unique challenges there. Oh, there's a lot of unique challenges. I mean, I've not run my own big band for quite a while, but when I do um, work on the cruise ships where I have to front a band or even fronting a trio, and I will have some news about a, a big band to exclusively probably yeah. give you at the end of the at the end Woo! of the, at the end of the podcast. Um, it, yeah, it, it is it is difficult because the other thing about when you're at the front of a big band. Um, you haven't really warmed up your instrument and, and sometimes you can be standing there and you can be talking and singing or whatever and then you come to play trumpet and it's it's freezing cold or your mind can be lots of different places a lot of the time. You, you, you're not focused on just one job and so that can be very hard about leading a big band uh, and then you've also got the fact that you've got all these you feel indebted to all these amazing players that have agreed to come and play for you and so you know you want to make it a nice experience for them and and yeah so it, yeah. it it's tricky pressure pressure central but i don't know yeah. i mean I've, I've really only just met you but i'm going to assume you sort of lead with a with a happy, happy, a happiness, and and sort of hope everyone sort of comes with you. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's I'm right. wrong. Maybe, maybe there's a sort of catalogue of people going. Oh, she's awful. She's a mean witch. <laughs> You're probably right. I've probably got a really bad evil stare. That's what I think I've got. <laughs> you know, I was a teacher for a while, and uh, I've probably got Ooh. this kind of like, oh, you know, that stare that teachers have, and I don't mean to do it. And then, but uh, yeah, I try to kind of jolly everyone along, and everyone knows it's not that it's not that serious we just tend to we have a laugh really because you know music is fun isn't it it's oh, absolutely so we'll, we'll come back to big bands probably then at, at the end of at the end of the show but yeah. in, in in the meantime so what have, what have you been working on then the sort of last few years what what's the georgina jackson story been since sort of cruise ship time and, and um whatnot? yeah i mean it it's it, I suppose I uh, released a couple of albums uh, a few years ago and I've been doing lots of work around Ronnie Scott's and things and, and lots of work uh, with my quartet and going around the country in the jazz clubs yeah, yeah. and creating uh, trio shows um, with, you know, trying to have different themes and things like that. And, and I'm really trying to find the music that I I, I love, um, but also that I think it's nice to share with people and, and like performing I don't want to kind of just do the same thing that everyone else is doing. So it's trying to find that that thing that really hone down the thing that you are, that's your that's your niche really that makes you mm. different from everybody else. So I've been doing that a lot, and um, and also doing a lot of trumpet 
guesting gigs so sometimes I'll just go and guest with big bands around and take my own music and, and stand in front of a, a big band that isn't mine but I just guest uh, I've been around the world doing a few trumpet conferences as well brass conferences which are terrifying a room I can only of, imagine <laughs> can you imagine rooms full of trumpet players I mean oh yeah. yes so and and actually in 2019 I um I did quite a long time with the Our House Jazz Orchestra in Denmark which is a, a state funded big band over there and I played lead trumpet over there doing some amazing projects there so that was um, a really interesting time. No and then the cruise ships I mean the cruise ships have been an incredible um, source of performing and uh, and making money to be honest uh, you know I, I get to do 45 minute, two 45 minute shows a week that's all I have to do, and I can do what I want in those four to five minutes, as long as people don't walk out and they don't boo and they enjoy it. <laughs> I can do what I want. So I see that as a way of bringing a little bit of jazz to the unsuspecting public. <laughs> uh, it's all good, and we'll we'll, yeah. we'll bless your approach for that. But 20, <laughs> 2019 is definitely mm. BC before COVID. Mm. Um, so the last eighteen months or whatever it is have presumably no cruising. Yeah, in no terms cruising. of cruise ships, whatever else that might mean to people. But the the sense of, of music for you has has this has it felt isolating? Have you managed to be out and about playing and connecting with people? Um, I, it's gone through different phases, hasn't it? This the pandemic, I think, and the lockdowns. You know, slight. I mean, slight euphoria kind of last May because I've been away from home so much. So there was I got back from the last yeah. cruise in April, and it's just kind of this. Oh, what we're going to be at home? We don't have to go anywhere. I know it's a really awful because it was a terrible time, but there was moments of oh my goodness, right? Um, and then there's moments of right. I'm going to practice so hard. I'm going to get this together. I'm going to do that, and then sitting around watching Netflix, not doing anything, and then kind of you know talking to musicians, and I was all being really depressed as everyone oh, was. Um, yeah. But then trying to do things. There's been a lot of online things, and just. You know, I've tried to do a few projects and podcasts and, and like you say, and, and online things and, uh, you know, tried to develop that, that side. And yeah, yeah, so it's been it's been interesting. Um, I also got myself a different job. I got myself a day job. Cause, cool. Yeah, because I don't like I don't like to do nothing. And um, so I so I've been I've had a different day job since October. So I've been learning new skills. So I probably haven't concentrated as much on my music as I should have done um, because I've been learning all to do new things. things as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. But I think I think I think that's uh, I hadn't really thought about it in that sense. Though. That sort of schizophrenic experience that we all have had mm. actually in the last day because it has been up and down. Yeah. And sometimes you've brought unbelievable amounts of energy to something, and other times just yeah. like oh. Yeah, you know, but I think for a musician, that's a very special, a special case of challenge. Yeah. Now, are mm -hmm. you ready, Georgina, for my yes, brand new quickfire quiz challenge? Ah. It's it's called Georgina's Tip Top Trumpety Trump Singery Singer Hot Ten. <laughs> are you ready? As ready as I'll ever be. Yes. Can I have All a right, sip of tea are. first? Here we go. Go, go, go. Yeah, mm. yeah. Get get yourself some liquid refreshment on board. Okay. I am ready? ready? Yep. Right. Pride of Wigan, George Formby or Richard Ashcroft from The Verve? George Formby. Pride of Watford, George Michael or Jerry Halliwell? George Michael. Question three, Dizzy or Miles? Oh, Miles. Ooh. Uh, question four, Feather Hat or Feather Boa? Feather Boa. Question five, Clara Bryant or Velida Snow? Clara Bryant. Oof. 
Question six. You're doing very well, by the way. I, I've got you uh, quite a lot of points so far. Right, question Question six. Cabaret with a quintet or cruise with a big band? Cruise with a big band. All righty. Yeah, let's do that. Trumpet or flugelhorn? I'm so in love with my flugelhorn at the moment because it's just so nice and gentle and the na- it, doesn't, it doesn't affect the neighbours as much. So, so at the moment, flugelhorn this week. We'll yeah. take it. Okay, uh, three to go. Billy or Ella? Ella. You're allowed that. Yeah. Uh, champagne or cocktail? Champagne. She's fancy. <laughs> and then finally, <laughs> here we go. Uh, trumpet solo, vocal scat or why choose? Do, try a bit of both in a mediocre way. That was probably my... <laughs> oh, I don't think so. <laughs> That's probably where I, I don't. Am. I don't think you do things in a mediocre way. <laughs> Very good. So let me just tally that up. I yes. get you to 66 if we yeah. take away the bonus yeah. round and then add in the extra three. And yes, you got you got 100. Oh, 100. And how many is that average? Am I, am I, where am I on the um, the score chart of, on the leaderboard yet? You're, you're, you're slap bang on mm. the leaderboard. So, you know, right. as a placement, that's yeah. very impressive. Yeah. And you should feel proud of that. I know okay. you've, uh, you probably wanted more. I but... did. Mm, I just hope I don't slip down next week when you interview someone else. I hope I keep my place. Oh, I almost. you're almost certain to. Thank almost you. Almost certain to. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> All right. And now we'll go the other direction for something more serious with my set question. Um, and, it, and I think it's a question of risk, really. And it's thus. Should you always be looking to find that magical A game when you're performing? Or should the goal be to ensure a consistent B game is always available for your audience? Discuss. Yes, well, it's, that's, quite, that's a really interesting question. And on, and on trumpet, it, I think it's different trumpet and vocals, to be honest. Because if you try really hard on the trumpet to, to, um, to play your A game you can overdo things and over and then that can that can go wrong if you're trying too hard for something so a lot of people say only play to only play to 70% a lot of people say only play brass in 70% because it's just going to be easier but i think i'd rather do a few things really well have a few knockout bits of a performance than kind of feel like i was playing it safe i I'm really not one to play it safe. It's it's <laughs> it's a bit of a thing of it's a bit of a thing of mine really. I'm not very good at playing it safe. If there's a number in the pad and I think oh I shouldn't do it, I, I always do it because <laughs> I just is that right? You get drawn towards of, it. I do. I'm a bit of a, a bit of a gambler. Like oh let's see if I can pull it off or not. Let's see if I can do it. So maybe um in my older wiser years I should a bit be a bit more selective at what I do. But I think it's good to always to always go for it you know i like seeing people go for it so i want to go for it really oh absolutely i think the audience appreciate that as well so you've got that you've got to that stage of the show where i'm going to ask you georgina Mm -hmm. for your top three albums of all time okay so georgina jackson what are your top three albums of all time number one number one okay not in a ranking position your first one okay my first one well i i think because i mentioned frank sinatra and it's very difficult (gasps) to to choose uh, a particular Frank Sinatra album, but I suppose one of the ones that I love because it has got Frank Sinatra and Count Basie in it, so I've got two in one. And it's, it might as well be Swing, Frank Sinatra uh, and Count Basie. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Absolutely. Best big band ever, best arrangements and the best vocalist. What can go wrong? 
So yeah, that's nothing. No. <laughs> Beautiful album and yeah. locked and loaded. Okay, your second choice. Yeah, my second choice is uh, another kind of traditional one as well. It, the Ella and Louis songbooks. You know, all the stuff that Ella and Louis have done together. The, the songbook albums. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, you're taking all of them. I'm taking all of them. Because, I mean, nowadays you can get them on a big like, compilation, can't you? A big, so I think I could take like a box set of all Ella and Louie together again. And Ella together, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this feels like a desert yeah. island cheap when someone says, I'll take the works the of Shakespeare type thing. You know, like, <laughs> I'll take all 40 or something. But, yeah. you know, I, I'm going to let you have it because, yeah. Ella, because you explained it nicely. Well, you've got Louie, you've got Ella, you've got Oscar Peterson. You know, it, it's oh, yeah. just... It's just so such a fail safe. You're feeling a bit down. You put that on. The world is Bosh. a better place. Bosh, exactly. <laughs> Immediate. It should be on prescription. <laughs> oh, that would be nice. Uh, and who's to say that that you know Oscar on piano and uh, obviously Ella and Lewis, Lewis and wouldn't wouldn't have a good opportunity and chance of curing all pandemics. Yes. Um, right. Okay. You've only got one space left. Okay. One space left. Well, I'm gonna go. Sl- this is slightly modern, but uh, I, I love Shirley Horn and her album oh. "Here's to Life" is a uh, beautiful. That particular tune, "Here's to Life," is absolutely one of my Desert Island discs. It's got an amazing French horn bit in the middle. If you listen to it, uh, the words are incredible. I just love the way that Shirley Horn is so simple when she sings. There's no acrobatics. There's no. It's just pure, straight there. Boof, you know, straight, <laughs> straight yeah. to where, where it counts. It's just. Uh, unapologetic straightforward and um swinging and beautiful so yeah Shirley Horn is to life you've got it you've got it and we haven't had a lot of French horn references so <laughs> you get a double point for that Yay! as well <laughs> so joke played me joker there there you go <laughs> so listen I'm going to introduce you to our house band mm-hmm. um where once there were seven believe it or not we're now 14 we're growing like topsy but still remain the tightest slickest sickest band in podcast show business so, listen carefully. Mm-hmm. Up front on reeds is the indomitable Vi Red and Sonny Rollins. Mm-hmm. On trombone, we've got James Morrison. And on mm-hmm. trumpet, uh, what's his name? Dizzy Gillespie. Yes. Yeah. Okay, in the back line, we've got Mary Lou Williams on piano. Shirley mm-hmm. Tete on guitar. Mm-hmm. We have two bass players with Jacko Pistorius and Christian McBride. Mm-hmm. We have the fantastic Terry Lynn Carrington on drums and Leanne Carroll on vocals and backup keys. Mm-hmm. Plus, we've got Zakir Hussein on tabla, mm-hmm. and we're under the baton of Duke Ellington, who's duking oh. around out front. <laughs> plus, we have an official band artist in the form of Roger Dean from Yes. Plus, we have Fran Landersman as our new lyricist. Oh, okay. Sure. okay. Now, your job is to try and remember any of the Who's, um, mm-hmm. but to give at least one of them a break to eat their sandwiches and have a cup of tea. So who would you like to swap out and who would you like to swap in? Okay, I thought of this. So James Morrison on trombone, as we know, James Morrison, Morrison is incredible multi-instrumentalist. So he can have a go at trombone one week and then he can have a rest and he can come back and play saxophone or trumpet. Yeah. He can do all those things. So I'm going to, for this week, James Morrison is going to go and put his trombone away, put his feet up. And you know what? He's a racing car driver as well, incredibly. So he can just go and have a week racing around. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to put in J.J. Johnson on trombone. J.J. Johnson. <laughs> Oh, he hasn't been in the band before either. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure James Morrison's not going to argue with that one. I think he'd like that swap as well. Yeah, I think he'd be all right with that. Yeah. But I will be emailing James to tell him that (laughs) Georgina Jackson booted him out unceremoniously. (laughs) 
he's ever so, so nice as well. Oh, he's nice proper. He was, on, he was on here a few ago and he oh, was really, was really lovely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, 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 we give, give him thumbs up to have a break and we definitely <laughs> applaud the, uh, the emergence of this new talent, JJ Johnson. <laughs> um, so thanks for being with us today, Georgina. Um, what, what opportunities are there going to be for us to hear you live in the sort of coming months? What projects have you got afoot? What's what? Well, um, yes, I'll just look at my diary. Uh, I'm doing a, uh, I recorded a, a track with Nigel a bit ago. They were doing a celebration of female composers and arrangers uh, featuring oh, some female instrumentalists. Yeah, so we're doing a concert there in Deal and I'm, uh, I sing and play trumpet on a track. So it's really nice because, uh, you know, Nigel's amazing and uh, it's very important for female musicians to see other female musicians doing it. Uh, so bit of that going on i've got a few little private things but i suppose the, the biggest thing that I, i'm going to tell you about a little exclusive is that um uh, uh that uh, uh you know emma smith very well I, I i know you know emma very well and uh me and emma have been in, in talks and we're getting together and we're going to be forming a, a big band together so that's, what yes <laughs> what 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 i know and so that's going to be featuring um lots of female players uh, a really diverse new kind of mix uh so we, d- we just want to shake up the big band world a little bit so me and emma are getting together and doing that so what do you think chris oh that's proper i am so into that <laughs> good. good lord smith and jackson yeah unbelievable exactly, exactly. god it's going to be carnage ah! uh you, you uh <laughs> you talk about uh bringing in um a, a good diverse mix of women as well yeah yeah fantastic yeah. really balancing Definitely. things out and, yeah uh, oh we can't wait to hear that yeah when do you reckon you'll be out playing before the, before the year is out yeah we're in we're in we're in talks with with various people and various venues at the moment to to get our first launch gig so nice. we're hoping before the year's out but then uh, next summer when all the festivals start we're hoping that's going to be a, a real place where we can go and show our stuff uh, it's going to be uh, swinging it's going to be swinging oh, stuff yeah I bet I bet it is <laughs> and I, I didn't mean I that think... in a way I didn't mean no? that in a way if it's going to be swinging I meant we're going to be playing swinging so I wasn't picking us up before we started <laughs> I love it. But, but more, yeah. moreover, if only I could think of a festival that's sort of close to home where, where a band with that pedigree of people could be persuaded to play. Anyway, uh, back to the Watford Jazz Junction. Um, if you've liked what <laughs> if you like what you've listened to, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of our valuable episodes. And if you want to know more about the Watford Jazz Junction, do check out our website at watfordjazzjunction.com or follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or even email us. At jazzwatfordlive at gmail.com, but of course, only to say very nice things. As always, don't forget to keep your ears fresh and always connect with something new. It has been an absolute delight to speak with Georgina, so it's goodbye, listener. It's goodbye, Georgina. Goodbye, thanks for listening. <laughs> oh, we can't wait to have you on again, and we can't wait to get you playing in Watford. Take care, bye.